Good morning, Grace Church. Uh, we're going to kick off today's service with a junior Bible quizzing update. Uh, Joseph, will you please come up? All right, so Joseph and his team from Alexandria traveled to Mesquite, Texas this past weekend to quiz at South Central Extravaganza. It's as much fun as it sounds. Uh, this is, it's a large tournament. Um, it's probably one of the largest tournaments of the year. And it includes teams from all across the South Central U.S., Texas, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, Oklahoma, Colorado. This tournament saw a record number of teams for junior Bible quizzing, 110 teams total, 60 of which were in Joseph's division. So, yes, Joseph's team had some tough competition at this tournament. They quizzed very, very well. His team uh, placed fifth overall, losing only to the third and fourth place teams. And Joseph was the highest scorer in five of the games that he played. So uh, by placing fifth at this tournament, um, Joseph will now qualify for nationals in St. Louis, Missouri in July. So um, this is Joseph's, this was his personal goal for the year, was to um, make it to nationals, and he accomplished that in March instead of at state finals in June. So well done, Joseph, and thank you guys. Isn't it great to start out with a good report this morning? Amen, amen. Welcome to everyone today. We are glad you're here on Grace Church campus and of course those joining us on live stream and Facebook live. We are so glad you've chosen to be part of the service today. Before we start our worship service, I do want to remind you of our schedule this week and a couple of things coming up over the next couple of weeks. First of all, of course, Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. here in the sanctuary is Tuesday prayer. And if you can be a part of that, we invite you to come and pray. And we certainly do value prayer here at Grace Church. And uh, to that end, we'll also be having men's prayer next Saturday. Uh, that will be at 9 o'clock over in the Alexander Center. We want all of our men to come and pray, our young men too. Come and let's have a time of prayer and fellowship next Saturday at 9 o'clock. We've been announcing over the last several uh, services, but I want to uh, highlight it again this morning. You can give to Ukraine to that, to that cost, to that humanitarian effort there. Uh, through a tab on our church website. So if you uh, would like to be part of that, remember, you just go on the website and you'll click on missions. You'll click on giving and then on missions. And uh, on the missions tab, there is a sub tab for Ukraine. And that's how you can find that and be a part of that effort. And then if you'll mark your calendars, April 1st and 2nd, April 1st and 2nd, uh, the district is having what they're calling a public dorm work day in Tioga on the campgrounds. Uh, the folks that are needed are painters, basic carpentry, and also cleaning. And if you are interested in volunteering and being a part of that, uh, just contact the church office for all the details and you can get more information there. But we do encourage you to be a part of that if your schedule allows and you can be, uh, and you're able to contribute there. And then finally, uh, as has been announced, I wanna remind you, mark your calendars, Brother Greg Albritton will be ministering in the services on April 3rd, 10th, and 17th. Of course, those are Sundays, essentially the first three Sundays in April. Brother Greg Albritton is going to be with us. We're expecting an amazing time in the Holy Ghost. So bring somebody with you to those services and let's see what God will do. 
Stand with me this morning. We're going to worship the Lord. I'm going to share this with you. Uh, out of This is out of our uh, Sunday school lesson for the high school kids, high school students this morning. The, uh, they wrote in that, in that material, it said, The list of God's victories are endless, and His power is unmatched. He's not just worthy of praise. He's worthy of great praise. And so I want us to praise Him today with that in mind. He is worthy of great praise. Let's worship the Lord. Overcome when I go through the rivers, I will. 
wonder he inhabits the praise of his people. I would show up too. I would show up too if I was being worshipped and praised like you folks have praised Jesus today. The presence of the Lord is in the house right now. to see all of you here today. Thank you so very much for coming as you remain standing. Uh, thank you so very much for coming, for being here today. We welcome all of our guests here today. If you're a guest here today with us at Grace Church, we want you to know you're welcome. We are so glad you've come, and we're certainly thankful for Grace Church being here today. And wasn't last Sunday a great time with our district superintendent, Brother Weber? Had a great time in the Holy Ghost. So thankful for the moving of God's Spirit, for the outpouring of God's Spirit. Thank the Lord. Before we turn to the Word of the Lord today, we have a very special announcement that I've been given permission to make. And that is that um, our sweet Heather Tear is now engaged to be married. And we're very happy about that today. If there's, uh, if there's any of you ladies that's been married for a while that'd like to talk to her about that, feel free to do so. No, I'm, I'm kidding. But we're very excited uh, for Heather and certainly wish them, uh, her and Daniel, all the best. And uh, for the blessing of God, for the anointing of the Holy Ghost to be on their lives, and I'm sure it will be. Thank the Lord. When she said that this morning, it reminded me, Heather, that 46 years ago today, I got down on one knee and asked Sister Murph if she would marry me. And of course, you all know what she answered. She just didn't say yes. She said, oh, please, I couldn't, I can't wait. I never thought you would ask. So, uh, anyway, so, uh, but congratulations to Heather. We're so happy for you. And uh, again, may God's blessing be with you. Thank the Lord. Well, I feel an amazing presence of the Lord here today, and I thank you, praise team, for literally setting the stage for what I've come to preach to you a little while today. I want to read from Genesis chapter 38, beginning with verse 27. If you have your Bibles, turn with me. If you have the e-Bible, i-Bible, whatever Bible on your phone and if you just want to follow along on the screen Genesis 38 verse 27 it came to pass in the time of her travail that behold twins were in her womb it's talking about Tamar and it came to pass when she travailed that the one put out his hand and the midwife took it and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread saying this came out first and it came to pass, as he drew back his hand, that, behold, his brother came out, and she said, How hast thou broken forth? This breach be upon thee, therefore his name shall be called, or his name was called Perez. And afterward came out his brother that had the scarlet thread upon his hand, and his name was called Zerah. Before I give you my title today, I would like for all of you to consider the lady that comes to help 
of the expected mother birth a baby, why did they call her a midwife? Wouldn't you want somebody that would stay the whole entire time and not just get halfway through and say, I'll see you later? And mid is like halfway, not all the way. Never mind. I'm sorry to spring this on you so early in the morning. Anyway, I want to preach to you for a little while this morning the power of a breakthrough. The power. The power. The power. If we can do this, there's people here today. Uh, I know God has you here in the will of God. And uh, if you can hear what we're what God has given me to say, it can be a life changer for you here today. The power of a breakthrough. Everybody say, thank the Lord for the word. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. I, I want you to understand today on the outset of this message, and I'm, I'm going to do my best to be as brief as I can. Um, the power of a breakthrough really doesn't have that much to do with what happened yesterday. And the power of a breakthrough really don't have a whole lot to do with what's going to happen tomorrow. The power of a breakthrough is what happens right now. It's, it's Tamar was giving birth to twins, to twin boys. That birth, the birth of those babies, listen to pastor, the birth of those two boys had nothing to do with her past and it had nothing to do with her future. She was going to give birth no matter what happened in her past and no matter what was going to happen in her future. Does everybody understand that? So this is a very today message for those of you here today that are open to it. The very well-known NFL player from a number of years ago, Terrell Owens, said one time, instead of me having a breakdown, I am focusing on me having a breakthrough. Dane Cook said, when you're headed for a breakthrough moment, it's kind of scary because you say, if I break through, then I have to make a great change in my life. If I break through, then I'm going to have to make a great change in my life. I want to say to everybody here today on the outset of this, if God will allow you a breakthrough moment today, the change is going to be worth it. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. If God gives you a breakthrough moment today, whatever you have to change to accommodate that breakthrough, it's going to be worth it. Everybody clap your hands to the Lord today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Notice what the Bible said in Isaiah 66, verse 8. The prophet is asking a couple of questions. Who hath heard such a thing? Who has seen such things. Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion travailed, she brought forth her children. She gave birth in her time of breakthrough. It had nothing to do with yesterday. It had nothing to do with what happened yesterday. Do y'all understand that? It has nothing to do with tomorrow. It's a, it's a moment. It's a today thing. Verse 9. Shall I bring to birth and not cause to bring forth, saith the Lord? 
shall I bring to birth and then not cause it to come forth? Shall I allow a conception and then not allow it to be born? Shall I cause to bring forth and then shut the womb? Shall I promise and everything looks like a breakthrough and then God says, nope, not going to do it. He doesn't do that. If God wants to give you a breakthrough today in your life from things in your past or things looming in your future, your breakthrough can still happen. The only difference is you're going to have a mantle of the Holy Ghost on your life for the rest of your life. And I believe today, I am confident today, The Grace Church is ready for what I'm going to call a breakthrough to a greater place of prayer and fasting as well as praise and worship. And I believe today and over the past number of Sundays, we have begun to see our potential as an apostolic church. I am confident that we're on the threshold of a breakthrough in revival and in harvest. In order to have that breakthrough, we must be willing to get past the obstacles and the mindsets of the past. We must break through to a place of contrition and humility that will birth travailing prayer, a vision of what we can be, a burden for the lost, and a loving and willing obedience to the Word of God. We must break through to an arena of spontaneous and heartfelt praise and worship along with supernatural signs and wonders and miracles. None of this means compromise, but a determination. It don't mean being less. It means becoming more. To be where and what God wants us to be. Everybody listen real carefully. This might get a little wordy for some, but if you listen carefully, you'll understand. There are four women. Everybody say four women that are mentioned in the genealogy of Christ. First of all, it is very unusual for women to be mentioned in Jewish genealogy. But when you realize who these women are, you will notice that they all had to overcome incredible circumstances in order to have the breakthrough they desired And would not be denied of. I hope everybody's listening. These four women refused to take no for an answer. And broke through to their place of destiny and purpose. There's people here today with things looming in your past. Things that the devil, your family, whoever holds over your head all the time, will not let you free of it. I'm here to say to some, if you'll embrace the word of God, today can have, can be your moment of breakthrough and you can experience the power of it because God has conceived something in you and he did it a long time ago 
And nothing can prevent that from coming to pass or being born, if you will. This is Bible principle. Notice with me in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. The book of generation of Jesus Christ. The son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac begat Jacob. And Jacob begat Judah and his brethren. It only mentions the one son, Judah. And Judah begat Perez and Zerah of Tamar. And Perez begat Israel. And Israel begat Aram. Skipping to verse 5. And Solomon begat Boaz of Rahab. And Boaz begat Obed of Ruth. And Obed begat Jesse. And Jesse begat David the king. And David the king begat Solomon of her that had been the wife of Uriah. Her name was Bathsheba. Matthew Henry, the commentator, said, The four named in this genealogy, two of them were strangers to Israel. That means they were Gentiles. They were strangers to the commonwealth of Israel. Rahab was a Canaanitess. She was from Canaan. That in itself would be very negative on Jesus' bloodline. In addition to being a Gentile Canaanite woman, she was a harlot. She was a prostitute. I want everybody to understand that. And then here comes Ruth, the woman from Moab. If you do a study on Moab, that's not the greatest place to be from either. The odds, life, genealogy, family, where they lived, where they were from, things that happened to them, things that they participated in them, you've got to hear me today. It doesn't matter anymore. For in Jesus, the Bible says, there is no Greek nor Jew. Those that are strangers and foreigners are welcome in Christ. Would somebody bring me my Bible off of my stand, please? In Christ, you're welcomed to the citizenships, to the citizenship of the saints. Thank you. The other two, the other two, now keep in mind, that Rahab was a harlot. Ruth was from Moab. The other two ladies were adulteresses. Tamar was an adulterer. And so was Bathsheba. These aren't your classy, high society women I'm talking about here. I'm, uh, I don't know if y'all are on board with me yet or not, but I, I kind of like my midwife joke because she's just kind of going right on over your noggin somewhere. The other two were adulteresses, Tamar and Bathsheba, which was a further mark of humiliation put upon Jesus that not only he descended from such, but that his descent from them is particularly remarked in his genealogy. Nobody tried to hide it. We're going to expose to everybody whose blood Jesus has flowing through his veins. 
The only three women outside of Mary mentioned in his genealogy. Two of them were Gentiles and the other two were adulterers. And one of the Gentiles was a harlot. Does anybody hear me today? But the Bible said he took upon him the likeness of sinful flesh and takes even great sinners upon their repentance and to the nearest relation to himself. We become sons and daughters. We become priests in his kingdom no matter where we've been and no matter what we've done. So we ought not to upbraid people with the scandals of their ancestors. It is what they cannot help and has been the lot of the best. Even our master himself, David begatting Solomon, of her that had been the wife of Uriah, is taken notice of to show that the crime of David being repented of was so far from hindering the promise that was made to him that it pleased God that this very woman would fulfill that promise. Oh, God. Oh, God. Bathsheba, the widow of Uriah, she overcame being the victim of adultery, the murder of her husband, the loss of a child in judgment. There's people that live in our current relevant Pentecostal culture today would backslide and never darken a church door again if that happened to them. God somehow in his amazing grace and mercy in order to bring the promised birth of the Messiah to pass reconciled all of that into his will somehow and she gave birth to the wisest man that ever lived so Bathsheba overcame being the victim of someone else's evil lust and schemes and had her own breakthrough. Rahab was a harlot of Jericho who helped the spies. She ran an escort service, if you will. She helped the twelve, one of two of the 12 spies who had been sent there by Joshua. She became the ancestress of eight prophets, including Jeremiah. People are afraid to give birth because of their past but you don't understand the power of a breakthrough because a breakthrough don't have anything to do with your past there ought to be about eight people running the aisles about right now amen Ruth was a Moabite widow who after losing her husband left her people and her homeland to serve her widowed mother-in-law she humbled herself to glean leftovers on her hands and knees in the field of Boaz. She being a stranger in a foreign land. But Ruth overcomes poverty, overcomes grief, overcomes sorrow, overcomes pride. She allowed God to lead her to a breakthrough that was beyond all of her expectation. All three of these women overcame incredible obstacles of their past along with cruel, unjust, and undeserving circumstances to experiencing their own individual breakthroughs. They were determined and would not be denied their place in bringing forth the birth of the Messiah. 
Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 9. They don't have it on the screen. It's okay. But the Bible said, listen to pastor today. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor adulterers, nor idolaters, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, neither thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners, shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. And such were some of you. But you have experienced the power of a breakthrough because you are washed, you are sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to God. I'm here to preach to somebody today. There's not a devil in hell. There's not a mama. There's not a daddy. There's not a family member. There's not a church. There's nothing that can prevent the will of God from coming to pass in your life if you're willing to birth a breakthrough. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I've talked to people through the years. And I'm going to get real plain here this morning because I feel led to do it. There's people here today that's been molested when you were a child. There may be people here today that have molested children. I don't know. That I don't know about. There's people here today that's dabbled around in homosexual stuff, bisexual stuff. There's people here today that's dabbled around and God only knows what. I know there's people here today that's contemplated suicide. There's people here today that your mom and daddy's have done all kind of crazy stuff. They're divorced and they fussed and fought and fussed and cussed and drank and smoked and drugs and on and on the list goes. But I'm here to preach to somebody. When you come to an altar of repentance and you're baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sin and you're filled up with the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the past has no more hold on you because you are a new creature in Christ Jesus. You've been born into the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. Open your heart today to the power of a breakthrough. You say, well, I've been backslidden too long. We had a wonderful man at this church that's gone on to his reward that was baptized for a law or backslidden for a long, long time. He came to a revival service one night and sitting right about he is right at the end of that row. He lifted his hands in less than three seconds was speaking in another tongue and never looked back, never looked back. He, he, he did all kind of vile things, but he never looked back because God cleansed him and restored him and gave him a new relationship. It can happen to anybody here today. Never said this publicly, but it's it's appropriate to say it now. It might help somebody. We've had people here that's 
committed, has formerly committed homosexual acts, bisexual acts, all kind of things. But when you step into the kingdom of God, such were. Everybody say were. There's people here today ought to grab a hold of this and take more hope in the rest of your life than you've ever had before in the entirety of your life. This can do more for you than alcohol and nicotine and drugs and carousing and cheating and sinning and gambling and all that. I know what I'm talking about today. I've been born again into the kingdom of God. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Woo! Hallelujah. Now, you may be seated. Thank you. Now, the reason I mention those things is so I can get into the fourth woman and the genealogy of Jesus and her story. I'm going to be very plain and very honest with you up front, and I'm still in the Bible, but I can't get my head around this one. The others, the other three, yeah, okay, this one here is unbelievable. Some of you may have never heard this story before, but you're fixing to hear it now. The fourth woman, and it's the one that I was, it was talking about in my text today. Her name is Tamar. She is the daughter-in-law of Judah, Jacob's son. Judah and his descendants helped to bring us to praise and to worship like we've experienced here today. It was Judah. Judah's the one you hear about all the time. They praised the Lord. They worshiped the Lord. It wasn't the ministerial tribe of Levi. It was the tribe of Judah that brought us our praise and worship to God today. It was Judah. It was Tamar's father-in-law. Here's her story. She was determined and would not be denied the opportunity to literally birth her own breakthrough. I certainly do not agree with how she did it. But God, everybody say, but God. But God somehow honored her desperation and her determination. I don't know how God does this stuff. And it's not for me to know, but he does. If this happened today, what I'm about to explain to you, it would no doubt be a very difficult situation for a family and for any church to have to reconcile with. Tamar was another of these Canaanite women. Had the morals of a polecat, if you will. Her place of origin was indicative of humiliation. Her first two husbands died and she began playing the harlot in Genesis 38. So she could conceive a child by Judah, her father-in-law. Try to get your head around what the Bible is saying here. This particular woman is in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. She had a very inappropriate relationship with her father-in-law. But she overcame the sin of it. She overcame the shame of it. She overcame the rejection, the deceitfulness, her disappointment, her heartbreak, 
And she was able to birth for herself and future generations to come a breakthrough. And we're still rejoicing and living today in the thing that she had done. It's still relevant to us today. She was a victim of other people's unrighteousness, selfishness, and broken promises. She had truly been used and abused. Er, the eldest son of Judah, was Tamar's first husband. Er was wicked and God slew him, the Bible said. It seemed that the fulfillment of her destiny, that is birthing a child, was going to be plundered by someone else's sin and wrongdoing. As Jewish and the law of Moses culture of that time demanded, oh man, the second son of Judah, he became her next husband. He would not conceive a child with Tamar either, as was the custom in that day, because he knew that if his brother's widow had been left childless and he conceived a child with her, then that child would be considered his elder brother, his elder brother's child and not his. So again, Tamar became the victim of selfishness and fraud. And her ability to give birth was being controlled by someone else. God slew Oman because he would not do God's bidding. And because of Judah's third son, Tamar's promise of future was withheld due to unjustified delay and broken covenants. It was again to do with someone else not doing what they were supposed to do. It seemed for Tamar, it's three strikes and you're out. Her barrenness led her to bitterness and anger caused her to take desperate and unthinkable measures. Something on the inside of this woman just wouldn't quit. Somehow she knew that her destiny was in her having a son and she was not going to be denied the opportunity. Let me explain something very gently and very carefully here today. She didn't necessarily conceive an illegitimate child, but she conceived the seed of a lineage that she was entitled to and belonged to. I want to say that again. She knew that in her father-in-law's blood, and the blood of her of his three sons was a different kind of blood. And that blood was going to produce the Messiah. And it was going to be up to her. She had to figure out a way to conceive so she could have that blood and the birth of her next child, which would extend forward the bloodline of Jesus Christ. I don't think we understand sometimes how far God will go to make sure his promise is fulfilled. And I think there's too many sitting here today that have stopped far short. You have given up long before God, who will never give up. She 
She didn't give birth to an illegitimate child because it had the blood of the Messiah flowing in his veins. And actually, God picked one of the two. It was twins. I'll come to that in a moment. But he picked one of the two, and through that one came the bloodline of Christ. So it was not an illegitimate child as far as that goes. She just did it in an illegitimate way. She disguised herself as a harlot and seduced Judah after he was drunk to lie with her. Judah's wife had died, and Tamar had been formally given to Judah's third son. So the conception of her twin sons through her father-in-law, though outside of legitimate marriage, was nonetheless in the family line. The blood was still right. God just had to deal with the sin. Somehow, God honors her determination and uses her and her sons to help bring about the birth of the Messiah. So not only is Tamar mentioned in the genealogy of Christ, so also are those two sons. Even though only one of them carries the bloodline of Christ, they're still both mentioned. Let me move quickly now that you kind of get the point. Perez was the name given to the baby boy who broke forth unexpectedly from Tamar's womb ahead of his twin brother. Listen to this carefully. His name means, Perez means to break out, to break through, the breaker, to burst out, to grow and increase, to open, to press forward. The picture of the birth of a breakthrough, to break through by pressing forward, he represents the, the determination of his mother. He represents the attitude that says, I will not be denied. I'm going to have what God has promised, no matter what it takes. Zerah, on the other hand, who should have been born first, means to radiate light, to rise and shine. So after the breakthrough comes light, comes understanding, comes revelation, comes purpose. Can I have somebody understand today? If you're determined and you become that breakthrough-er, you become the breaker. When you're born into the kingdom of God, comes this understanding, comes this revelation, comes this knowledge, comes this wisdom that says, oh, now I see that I am not the seed of Satan anymore. Yes, my mother did conceive me in sin, but I have been born again into a kingdom through the redemptive blood of Jesus. You're no longer all these horrible things, but you've been washed, you've been sanctified, as Paul said. I want to preach this somebody that it ain't over for you yet if you're determined to take advantage of the promise that's in front of you you can truly have a breakthrough in your life now watch this later on in the Bible the Bible says in the book of Ruth concerning Boaz and Ruth, I read there in the genealogy of Christ, I read that in Ruth 4.12. This is many years later. We're two generations from King David. We're two generations away. The Bible said in the book of Ruth, and let thy house be like the house of Perez, whom Tamar bare unto Judah of the seed 
which the Lord shall give thee of this young woman. The people of Bethlehem blessed the union of Boaz and Ruth, saying unto them, May your house be as the house of Perez, the house of breakthrough. So through, through determination, and I will not be denied mindset, Ruth and Boaz went on to accomplish what seemed to be impossible and improbable. Do you remember what Ruth said? She said, whether you go, I will go. And whether you lodge, I will lodge. And your people shall be my people. And your God shall be my God. You remember that statement she made? She was determined. If somebody could do that here today, God could cause a revival to come bubbling out of your spirit and impact the lives of those around you. God, I'll go where you want me to do. God, I'll be what you want me to be. God, I'll say what you want me to say. I won't quit fighting the will of God for my life and birth God's promise that he's given to me. So Ruth became the grandmother of David. The beginning of Christ's kingdom began at David of which the Bible said there shall be no end. This kingdom began with Judah and then went on through Tamar's son Perez and it ended up with Ruth who was another Gentile woman who was a grandmother of one of the greatest men that ever lived. And it was of his kingdom that Jesus was born. I want you to notice the breakthrough in Micah 2.13. The Bible calls them a breaker. Calls them a breaker. Micah 2.13 says, The breaker has come up before them. They have broken up and they have passed through the gate. And they are gone out by it. And their king shall pass before them. And the Lord on the head of them. There are seven things very quickly that I want to submit to you today. If you want to birth a breakthrough, number one, and we talked about this at the very beginning, you have to be willing to change. Not compromise your beliefs and doctrine, but the way you think, the way you live, the way you act, the way you talk. To birth something, you must undergo stretching and uncomfortable times. When heaven wants to expand, we must be willing to stretch. God is calling Grace Church to times of fervent prayer and fasting and giving. It's going to take sacrifice, commitment, and accountability. But let's change our old habits of carnality and get plugged into spirituality. Let God change us into the person, the family, and the church he wants us to be. Number two, develop an attitude of praise in everything. Watch this. Judah and Tamar produce Perez. Praise of Judah broke the curse of injustice of Tamar and brought to pass a breakthrough. John Maxwell said, most people are very close to becoming the person that God wants them to be. They're only an attitude away. Number three, you must leave the past behind. Tamar had to look ahead and break through her past disappointments, her past, her, her past setbacks and shame. She had to go through all of her bitterness and rejection and all of that. She had to overcome the victim mentality. 
Paul said in Philippians 3, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do. I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if anything be ye otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. Number four, focus. Focus. Focus could be an acronym for faith operating consistently until satisfied. Determine your goal. Set a focal point and cast a vision. What are you aiming at? What are your personal needs and desires? What do you believe God for, if anything? Number five, Grace Church, we can't be limited by what seems impossible. It was impossible. To break the four-minute mile until Roger Bannister did it. The four-minute barrier has since been broken by over 1,400 athletes and is now the standard of professional mental distance runners and standard in several cultures. In the 65 years since, the mile record has been lowered by almost 17 seconds. All things are possible. Number six, you push until the breakthrough comes, which is what Grace Church has done and is doing. Trying times, or no time to quit trying. Quitting is not an option. Can't give up. Some have quit and lost their promise, their anointing and purpose. The brink of disaster and the brink of the supernatural oftentimes look somewhat alike. How many times? Has God used chaos and failure to bring about his perfect will? Number seven is be prepared for the double portion blessing. Tamar didn't have one child. She had two. And both are named in the genealogy of Jesus. Breakthrough brings a double portion what is the significance? It deals with inheritance. But it's more than inheriting natural possessions. No matter what you have inherited from negative and shameful circumstances from your parents, uncles, aunts, cousins, or anyone else in your family tree, the birth of a breakthrough in your life can take it away if you'll let it. Why do you think Jesus said to be born again? Spiritual birth eradicates or can eradicate the consequences of a natural birth. Well, I wish I had time to jump into all this, but I don't. The birth of a breakthrough can heal and restore the damage, the shame, the embarrassment, the humiliation of the past. Yes, it can. Look at Isaiah 61, verse 7. Watch the screen. For your shame, you shall have double. Do you hear that? For your shame you shall have double. And for confusion they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore in their land they shall possess the double. Everlasting joy shall be unto them. I've said it many, many times. God has a way of turning the table on the devil. And what the devil does to you once to be negative, 
God can do something twice to you to be positive, and that's what God does. Really, God only has to do it once. Anything from God is amazing. But when he does it twice, it's really, really special. The law of Moses promised the children of Israel in Exodus 22, verse 4, if the theft be certainly found in his hand alive, whether it be ox or ass or sheep, he shall restore it double. So if your neighbor steals your sheep and he's caught, he's required by law to give you two sheep. I wish somebody would steal my car. And I drive an old one. Some of you that have them nice, new, fancy ones, leave your keys in it tomorrow and see what happens. (laughs) You may end up with two. Don't do that. That's just a joke. (laughs) It is the promise of spiritual heritage. Do you understand that when when Elijah passed on his mantle to Elisha, it means something ample, something goodly. It means a glory is being passed on to you. I say when we're endowed with the power of the Holy Ghost, God wraps something around our shoulders. The devil can't match it. The devil can't touch it. I've talked a couple of times in Wednesday night Bible study about some plant, some water, but God gives the increase. Who doesn't want what God gives? Watch this. It represents the birth of twin anointing. Melanie, God nudge me a little bit with you this morning on this point. Elisha said, I want a double portion. Here's a presentation of it that probably most of you have never heard before. That double portion, it's in worship and warfare at the same time. It's intercession and harvest at the same time. It's hoping and happening at the same time. It's prayer and purpose at the same time. It's reaching the poor and the wealthy at the same time. It's ministering to the sick and to the well at the same time. It's powerful prayer and proactive involvement at the same time. It's not one and then the other. It's both happening at the same time. So I want to introduce to this congregation the first one of these. It's possible to have a Holy Ghost shout down on Sunday morning in worship and praise and at the same time knocking the devil's teeth down his throat if you will I believe God has instituted an anointing it's a dispensation of grace allotment and entitlement to the church that if we will embrace it if we will embrace it we can experience the power of a breakthrough Everybody stand and clap your hands to the Lord today. Everybody, let's worship Him. Hallelujah. Does anybody want to experience the power of a breakthrough? You're an attitude away. 
You're a prayer away. You're one act of forgiveness away. God wants to work in somebody's life right here, right now, today. So notice, the Holy Ghost inspired words in the book of Nehemiah regarding the fruitfulness of the house of Perez. Nehemiah 11.6, and the sons of Perez that dwelt at Jerusalem were 400, three score and eight valiant men, 460 men, 468 men who were brave, fearless warriors comprised the house of Perez. First Chronicles 27, 2 and 3 mentions a man by the name of Jashobim, who was one of the children of Perez, and the chief of all captain of, of all the captains of David's army. He was a leader of the 30 mighty warriors of David. He joined David at Ziklag, and he is best known as a man who killed at least 300 men at one time by himself. All of us here today can have a breakthrough. Every person, every family in our entire church. But how great is our desire? How great is our determination? We have an I will not be denied attitude. How great is our desire for a better marriage, a better home, better kids? How great is our desire to see our loved ones saved, for backsliders to come back to God? Are we willing to do whatever it takes? You folks occupying these first two rows right here and over here and it spills a little bit over there. You listen to me. Life is going to deal you some horrible, terrible stuff. I hope it doesn't happen, but you girls may end up marrying an idiot. And it turned out to be a total bust. Same thing with you guys. Y'all could grow up at the Lord Terry's, get married, have kids, and they turn out to be an idiot. Anything can happen. But what can happen, but what can happen is you ever giving up your determination to birth what God has given you to birth. Raylan, we don't run the aisles because we're happy. Bryson, we don't run the aisles because we're happy. We run the aisles because we're a child of God. Whether times are good or bad, happy or sad, it doesn't matter. We're always here with a heart of worship and a willingness to do what God wants us to do. And I want to tell you something else, my sweet Jada. You put me to shame today. She was standing up here where it's very difficult for her to stand for a long period of time. She was up here today and she had that hand in the air and reading those words off the screen, singing with all of her might. She put me to shame today. I walked in feeling a little of this and a little of that, my lower back and a little of this and a leg and a little of that. She has stuff going all around her body, but she still comes every Sunday, and she gets on that walker, and she stomps up here in the front of this church. You know what it tells me? She's determined. She had a little setback a few Sundays ago. It's okay. She's going to have setbacks, but she came right back. She fulfilled Micah. I believe it's chapter 7, verse 14. Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, for when I fall, I'll rise again. Hallelujah to God. Because I'm going to experience the power of a breakthrough. 
I want a breakthrough today. I want to see it happen in our homes, in our lives, in our family. I want a breakthrough in our church. I want a double portion. Woo! Hallelujah. seems like when I preach the Holy Ghost just goes in first two rows and almost just stops right there. Do y'all feel out there what I'm feeling up here? Anybody? Does anybody feel faith warming up in this building today? We've heard some great preaching in the past several weeks. It's time to manifest our desire and our determination. I'm going to have a breakthrough in my home. up here right now that wants the Holy Ghost of educate or understand. And who knows, it can happen today. It can happen today. It can happen today. There's people out there that's in addition. It's wrestling with all kind of junk in your life. If you'll give God a chance to renew that promise and renew that covenant with you he made a long time ago, then he'll give you a breakthrough if you'll stay with him. If you'll give him time, he'll give it to you. Yes, he will. He's not going to quit. He's not going to give up. I told Jada a few weeks ago at my house, just because God hasn't healed you now doesn't mean he's not going to. Can we get that in our head today? Just because he hasn't answered your prayer yet doesn't mean he's not going to. We just got to press forward. Just keep going. God, I'm going to do this. Why don't we just begin to worship? Let's begin to worship and praise the Lord all over the house today. If you want the Holy Ghost, receive it. If you want healing, receive it. If you want God to move in your life, let it happen right now. In Jesus' name, come on, somebody. Jesus, you change everything.
once you're 